welcome to the 28 Dales Later podcast. My name's Steve Wharton. Together with Natalie Wilson and some guest presenters, we're going to take you on a journey around the north of England, exploring the landscape, nature and heritage of this wonderful part of the country. I'm down in West Yorkshire again, visiting family. So I thought I'd turn my attention to the Bronte family and walk a stretch of the Bronte Way. The full walk skirts the outer environs of Bradford, through Haworth, and finishes near Burnley, passing various places associated with the famous family and the sisters' works. But I'm much more of a Sound of Music guy, you know, I like to start from the very beginning. So I'm going to walk from Queensbury, which is almost halfway between Bradford and Halifax, across the valley to Thornton, a village that has been slowly absorbed into the Greater Bradford area during the Industrial Revolution, and this is where the three younger sisters, Charlotte, Emily and Anne, and their brother Branwell, were born. You can probably tell that it's a bit muddy underfoot. I set off from the back of the old Dolphin pub, which is a lovely old place that I'm happy to say I've had a few pints in over the years. My mate John used to live next door, so that helped a bit. And immediately, it's boggy, and the slabs of the path and the steps are treacherous. Admittedly, the sounds of the main road have ebbed away, and it, it really does feel like you're out in the countryside. I'm pretty sure I've lost the Bronte Way already, or maybe didn't find the right path to begin with. But I have found a bit of firmer ground. I'm not too bothered by that, as my main aim is getting to Thornton and back on a short winter's afternoon. I can see Thornton over there. Now the reason for this super surprise highway is that it's the old route of the Great Northern Railway Line. Opened in the late 1800s to tackle the, the steep sides of the valleys, these tracks earned the nickname of the Alpine Route. I'm taking a little detour over some very odd sounding duckboards, and I've come to the start of the Queensbury Tunnel that runs all the way from the old station here, right through to Halifax. At two and a quarter kilometres it was quite a feat of engineering, but not a wholly successful one. Just four years after its opening in 1878, defects were found that were caused by poor workmanship and nearby mine workings. The water ingress caused more damage, pooling at the Halifax end and often freezing over the tracks. Known as the hellhole by the drivers, trains often derailed down here. It stayed operational until the late 1950s, when post-war economic measures highlighted its high maintenance costs. There are plans to reopen the tunnel as a cycle track, but time's definitely running out. Without significant investment, it's in danger of collapse. And whereas Bradford Council are fully back in the scheme, They've been met with enthusiasm from the government, but not the necessary funds. Although it's likely we'll use this Victorian achievement, at least the Thornton Viaduct that leads to it was reopened in 2008. Cracking on, it's great to see plenty of people enjoying the track, and a surprising collection of chickens and pheasants in coops either side of me, hmm, with eggs for sale as well. Over the 20 arches of Thornton Viaduct, I've hit Thornton Village. 
as a sign by a small park pointing the way to a couple of nearby locations endowed with faraway names, Egypt and Moscow. I'm walking along Thornton Road, the present main road, and then up onto Market Street, which was Thornton Village's original high street. And this feels like a village street now. Oh, I love it. There's steep cobbled roads, snickets between the buildings and ginnels galore. Patrick and Maria Bronte moved to Thornton with their two daughters, Maria and Elizabeth, in 1815. They stayed for five years, and Charlotte, Branwell, Emily Jane and Anne were born during this time. And it's a modest house. Hard to get a real feel for it as there's a, a bistro that juts out from its bottom right corner so you can't really see the size of the house but looking around you can certainly imagine the kind of village life that these literary forces were born into. And I'm not talking rural idylls here. Basic life would have been hard and it's difficult to reconcile modern expectations of sanitation and heating with those in the early 1800s. From an old copy of a Bradford A to Z, I can see that Thornton Beck supported quite a few water mills down towards, down towards the city, but these wouldn't have been able to support the rocketing population that came here as labourers came to work the quarries in the aforementioned Egypt and Moscow. And spoil from these quarries, well, that created another landmark, the walls of Jericho. And of course, in its day, before the railways, it would have been remote really hard to get in and out. The steep sides of these valleys mean you can be assaulted by the weather at very short notice. I trudged back up to Queensbury in rain and then snow. I decided to stick to the firmer path and add a dogleg to the journey rather than squelching through the bogs as I did on the way down. My whole walk's just over 10 kilometres, and despite a soaking, it's been a great tramp around. I didn't really know about the Queensbury Tunnel or the, the Great Northern Railway Trail, and I feel like I've gained a little insight into the hardships that the Brontes would have faced as they emerged into this rapidly changing world, where industry was fast stamping its mark on rural idylls like Thornton Village. In the Brontes' time, weather and landscape were something to be endured. Not enjoyed in the same way that we can today, knowing that we'll be warm when we get home. In many of their works, nature's something that has to be fought with, cut back for fear of overwhelming people. And my short walk may have ended, but I have a feeling that my journey with the Brontes has just begun. That wind is from the north, I know it well. No other breeze could have so wild a swell. Now deep and loud it thunders round my cell, then faintly dies and softly sighs and moans and murmurs mournfully. I know its language, thus it speaks to me. I have passed over thy own mountains, dear, thy northern mountains, and they still are free. Still lonely, wild, majestic, bleak and drear, And stern and lovely as they used to be, When thou, a young enthusiast, As wild and free as they, O'er rocks and glens and snowy heights, 
did often love to stray. Thank you for listening to the 28 Dales Later podcast. We'd like to know about the connections that you have with landscapes, whether you've been inspired by literature, film or other art forms. So please drop us a message on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash 28 Dales Later.